Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. Hey, Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns Pod. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review because we appreciate it a lot. I'm Lindsay Smith, and I'm with Espo and Gerald Borgay. Today, it's weird that you guys are like out of order. It, Espo, it, you're usually on the end. I'm very uncomfortable with how my dancing looks this close up, too. <laughs> <laughs> At a distance, it's not bad. When you're this close up, it's just aggressive, so... <laughs> Tough, yeah. yeah for, for our sure. podcast listeners, they get to avoid that, luckily. <laughs> yeah, so. lucky you guys. Well, we've got a lot of stuff in store for you guys today, including some special guests who will be joining us here shortly. But to start things off, I think we should maybe take a look into Suns practices mm-hmm. as of late. Um, I know they took Monday and Tuesday off this week, but they practiced yesterday and today ahead of the first round of the playoffs. One of the biggest things, Gerald, is everyone's been asking about the injuries. Mm-hmm. Do you have any updates on us from the guys? Our official update is that there is no official update. Unofficially, uh, though? Unofficially, though, we have seen Bismack Biombo on the practice court the last two days getting shots up, getting some light drills in. Um, that's just a product of when we're allowed into the gym, so it's not they're limiting him or anything. He has had that sleeve on his knee that he banged up in the second to last game, but it does seem like he'll be fine and good to go for game one. Campaign, we haven't seen on the practice court. Apparently, he has not practiced fully with the team yet. Um, We've seen him in the back in the weight room getting a little bit of work in, but that's pretty much it. So no official update. We'll wait and see about campaign, but it looks like he has not yet practiced. I'm going to put him on the injury report with soreness. That's what I'm going to go with. It's traumatic, (laughs) but just like was an instant trigger. Yeah, Terrible. Uh, Well, hopefully campaign does get some time to get some practice in before the first round tips off on Sunday afternoon, but we'll definitely keep you guys updated on anything further that we hear from the team around injuries, but it's time to welcome in our first guest of the show, Shane Young, an NBA columnist and analyst for Forbes Sports. He covers the NBA at large and also knows quite a bit about the Suns and the Clippers. Shane, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. I'm great today. Weather's finally turning around right before I come out to Phoenix where it's 150 degrees probably. (laughs) It's only 72 here today. Like, okay. Okay. That's good. We're keeping it nice until you get here. Then we're going to make it worse. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, hopefully we will be able to see you well into the month of June and sorry, you're just going to have to deal with the weather because selfishly (laughs) we would prefer to still be playing basketball at that point in time. But let's start of course with Phoenix and the Clippers, you know, both of these teams, very well what advantages do the Suns have over the Clippers I think you know when people talk about the Clippers depth and they talk about how that is a major advantage I think that might be close I think that's an exaggeration I think that's going to be a wash in this series because I think Monty even though you know you could question fans have questioned his decision making as you all have talked about in previous shows like I, I think he'll trim the rotation down to where 
you're not susceptible to uh, the Clippers too much ha- having too much firepower, and that's like a unit that where you can't overcome it. So I think the fact that you're going to turn the rotation and you're just going to have those core four or the staggering, like the fact that you can stagger two of those guys, mm-hmm. um, that's not an advantage. That's not a uh, something that the Clippers have in their cap in this series. Obviously, with PG out for the foreseeable future, we don't know anything about that yet. So I think that that is in and of itself a powerful weapon for money to use because if I think you're going to need, you're going to need like the CP lineups, you're going to need the, the KD bench led lineups to kind of counteract the Norm Powell uh, spurts because mm-hmm. Norm Powell has been awesome. So um, in terms of just Phoenix and their advantages, firepower, obviously. And I think the lack of, I think the having more discipline with the ball, they're not going to turn the ball over as much as often as the Clippers. Uh, I feel like they, they play a safer style, safer game. So I, I think that lead, that lends in their favor. You mentioned the, the PG injury. When you look at that, obviously the assumption is Kawhi is going to guard KD primarily. Who the heck do they throw at, at book to try to slow him down? I, I don't think you're going to stop him, but how do you try to slow him down yeah. with this Clippers lineup? You really don't. I, 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 I said on I said on the podcast the other day. I think I think Book might have a series where he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna push the push the issue. I think he's gonna let things come to him. Uh, in the past, you know, obviously not having the luxury of KD on the floor with you, he's had to do all the scoring. He's had to have, be that primary initiator, um, especially in lineups where CP's off. I think now Book just gonna be hanging on on the weak side for more possessions per game. Um, and I think he's going to have the most efficient series he's had just because of that. Um, whether it's attacking closeouts, whether it is um, working off the second side when Katie attracts two to the ball, which I think he will you know, on a lot of possessions. Um, so I think the answer to how do you kind of guard book is you don't have any, you don't have many good options. Um, I think honestly, I think I would put Kawhi on, but or I think I would put Batum on Durant to start. That's what I would do personally, mm-hmm. just to kind of not let. Uh, just try to give K- or Kawhi more energy for the offensive end since he's their really only guy they have, their only star they have on that end. So um, you're looking at Eric Gordon, who is older, but he has tons and tons of reps, tons and tons of experience guarding these high-level guys. He he hasn't been great on defense since he came to the Clippers, but he's big, he's physical. Um, he's not going to let you bump him around. So, I mean, it, Book would have to beat him with the speed. So that's something I would look to. Um, I, I just don't think, and, and obviously in bench lineups, Norm Norm Powell has been awful defensively for the most part. I mean, um, whether it's getting blown by, uh, fouling too much, um, not being in the right spots. So for me, like I, I think Book, to your point, is not going to have a good answer on the other side. I mean, he, he's going to be efficient regardless of who you put on him. That's one of my biggest questions, Shane, about this series is looking at the Clippers. Obviously, we know Kawhi can lock in defensively when he needs to. But there are a lot of potential pigeons out there on LA's side of things. Yeah. Um, and when you've got a top heavy top four of book, KD, CP3, and DA, it's hard to account for all of that. So I, I you tweeted about you feel like the Suns are gonna have a field day with double drag in this series. Mm-hmm. Walk me through your reasoning on that, why you feel like that. Because I've, you know, on the show in the past, I've walked through some examples of double drag, how it's gotten book open yeah. shots on the backside, how they've been able to find KD on the backside or DA on the roll. It just feels like that pick your poison is going to be really tough for LA's defenders to contend with. You're right. And I think, you know, you would think, oh, the Clippers are going to be able to switch more than any other team. And while that's true, 
that's also dependent on PG. But like PG gives you the switch <laughs> option. If he's not there, you're going to have to throw out some junk defenses. You're going to have to get a little uh, a little funky with how you with how you defend those uh, actions at the top of the arc. So if Zoo's on the floor, man, like I, I just I don't trust the Clippers' backside defenders. And partly, like Russell Westbrook has been pretty good, solid to good in terms of low man help and rotating since getting to the Clippers. I think his off-ball defense has been good in the last month or so, but I don't trust against the Suns decision makers. I don't trust against the Suns cutters. I think whether it's, you know, spotting it up on the weak side after the double drag, you know, CP is is just a master manipulator. He's going to hit that corner shooter or that cutter every time I, on target precisely. So I just, I don't trust the Clippers are going to be able to stay home on everyone. And I, I think they're just going to have to give up too many options, whether it's, the rolling big, if Zoo kind of lunges out and and maybe traps or is just playing too far in the perimeter in those double drags, um, I th- I just think Aiton is either going to have a field day rolling to the rolling to the bucket, or they're going to hit those corner shooters. Whether it's Durant or if Durant is dictating the action, you're just going to get a lot of Tory Craig and Josh Okogie three pointers off of it. So it, it just comes down to whether or not they're efficient with those, but I think the looks are going to be there without Paul George on the floor because you can't switch everything without PG. So we have a question from our chat. Charles in the chat wants to know, what's the prediction on who has the edge on rebounding and second chance points? Oh, I, I think I tweeted about this earlier or yesterday as well. Like the fact that Josh Akogi, when he's on the floor, <laughs> the offensive rebounding percentage is bonkers. Yeah. It's like one of the highest offensive rebounding rates for a guard in history uh, when you consider his minutes. And think about this. like I don't know you remember that 2021 Clippers series. Like Patrick Beverly created a lot of extra opportunities for the Clippers with the second chance with his offensive rebounding second chance points. Like a Kogi is even more than that. It's even higher than that for the, for the Suns. So uh, I think the Suns have the advantage for sure. Where the Clippers do well is when Zubat's on the floor, they – they tend to not give up a lot of second chance uh, opportunities on, on on some possessions. I mean, their defensive rebound rate's pretty high um, in the league. So mm-hmm. I, I think when you can consider the Suns creating extra opportunities for themselves, I don't think the Clippers can do that on the other end. So I'm going to give the advantage there to Phoenix by a pretty good margin. Yeah, this is something I wrote about on GoPHNX. If you haven't checked out the five keys of the series, uh, the Suns and these are the numbers. The Suns are fifth in offensive rebounds, uh, fifth in offensive rebounding percentage, and eighth in second chance points. The Clippers are seventh in defensive rebounding percentage and 11th in opponent second chance points. So pretty good offensive rebounding team versus a pretty good defensive rebounding team. Um, but like Shane was saying, I think when Zubots is not on the floor, that could become an issue with guys like Akogi or Torrey Craig, depending on how they stagger things. Yeah, Shane, you mentioned uh, Aiton, and I'm always fascinated to get the outsider uh, from outside Phoenix perspective on Aiton because uh, it can be pretty harsh here in the Valley, but what's your impression on him and what kind of role do you think he's going to play in this series as a whole? I haven't quite gotten the national outrage over DA. <laughs> like, of course, has he had moments where you're just like, dude, can you care a little bit more? Can you, can you actually – use your physical body to mow down these defenders that cannot stop you. And can you draw fouls? I mean, you should not be averaging whatever he averages. Uh, at the foul. I, I think his foul rate <laughs> is just like, it, it's criminally low. Like he yeah. should be at eight, you know, eight or nine. <laughs> uh, that should be where he, it should be Anthony Davis level for sure. Um, but the fact that it's not as crazy, but I, I think D 
defensively, I think he does his job. I think I think he's underrated on that end of the floor because he just to me he's routinely in the right spots. To me, he doesn't make he limits his mistakes. So I haven't quite gotten to like national thing where it's like, oh man, he's so under he's so underwhelming this year or he's underachieved. So I, I don't get that. I, I think he's gonna be pivotal in this series, particularly because we have no idea, guys, like if the Clippers are gonna go small mm-hmm. or if they're just gonna go to Mason Plum Plumley in the uh in the second unit. Like they could stay big for all forty eight minutes. I, I don't think Tyler will do that. I think they will go small. I think DA will have his opportunities against those small ball lineups. And I can't quite remember the 2021 series, how he fared against those lineups. But there was a couple games, game one and game two, he was dominant. But that was mostly against bigs, it felt like. I, I feel like when, when Zoo was off the floor, he didn't really punish them enough. And I think that he that's going to be the big, that's going to be the big swing of this series is if they go with Batum at the five or, God forbid, Robert Covington gets minutes because that's been a big point of contention with Clippers. <laughs> Clippers media is that uh, everyone wants Robert Covington to play. The fan base is basically, but for, for some context, the fan base has said, why don't you as reporters de- demand and those games <laughs> that Robert Covington plays? It, it's getting pretty, it's getting pretty <laughs> ridiculous out here, guys, or out there, I should say. But I think, uh, I, I think they're going to go small for certain stretches and that's where Aiden's going to have to feast. And I'm trusting you well, uh, Gerald, you know, this like Durant, when he got there, I feel like he adds another layer of accountability. Like he, he's not. I don't feel like he barks at guys to the degree CP does. Mm-hmm. But if DA is not doing something like he should be doing, like KD's going to let him know because KD wants to win. He came there to win. So if Aiton's not doing his job against those uh, smaller groups, like Durant's going to find him the ball and make him do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean he. DeAndre even said, I think that first week, like when KD was practicing a little bit with the team, he was saying there's a lot less smiles around here, but we're all <laughs> we're all focused on the task at hand because everybody's just like locked in and ready to elevate their games to match this dude's work ethic. Um, I, I feel like KD has the kind of temperament too that reaches DA where it's, mm-hmm. hey, come along with me. Let's let's do this together. You, you messed up there, but it's all right kind of kind of thing that seems to really speak to DA rather than yelling at him. So Right, that's for sure. Um, Shane, I am curious because you mentioned like obviously Ty Lue, he's great at adjustments. He's going to throw a lot of stuff at the wall because just from a talent perspective, they're a little outmatched in this series. So he's going to try different stuff. My question is, who is actually going to be playing for this Clippers team? Because everybody's talking about the chemistry for the Suns, but like the Clippers have had guys in and out. They had... Marcus Morris missed some time with the low back, but before that, like Batum was in the lineup over him. Like Powell's been out. I'm just curious who is going to be coming off the bench for this Clippers team. You three right now could take a guess and be better than mine. Uh, (laughs) It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, so Marcus Morris, we still don't know. Like we have, because he's been out for so long. Like we have no idea. Is he going to be in the rotation? Is he healthy? There's no answers to it. Uh, I would just bank on their top, whatever, you know, six or seven. Um, Terrence Mann, uh, Bone, I, Bones Highland's the biggest one for me in, in terms of the guards because, in theory, he could win them a game. He could do the he could do the campaign game. Was it game two, Gerald? Yeah, he had 29 points. He could, he could have that type of performance. And I wouldn't be shocked, but he's going to be feasted on on the other end. Mm-hmm. So. I don't. I don't think they're going to start out playing bones and going that deep. I, I'd be. I'd be surprised. But 
I think your 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 starting group, then obviously Terrence Mann, Norm Powell, there's your seven. And then after that, I personally would play Covington. I don't know. I don't think I don't think Ty is going to right away. So we'll see. Um, but that leaves, as you said, question marks for Marcus Morris, who we have to wait till the first game just to see what the rotation pattern is going to look like because he started for what you know fifty something games this mm-hmm. year, and now he's just gone. Just right. DMP, not he's hurt, but um, I don't know when when he's cleared. I, I don't I don't know if he's going to be in the rotation. So and obviously, if PG did come back it, later on, you know the later start later rounds of the series or later parts of the series, um, that's going to knock some minutes down from take your wing or take your guard since PG kind of plays guard most of the time. So I think the Clippers are deep, but you cannot play you cannot play nine or ten guys, and that's what they have. Like they've been playing nine or ten guys, and you can't do that. I can guarantee Marcus Morris will have a moment in this series because the more I have always found a way to stick it to the sun since they left town. So he, he'll, he'll have one moment, whether it's starting a fight or hitting a three, he'll be there. I promise you that. So. Yeah, I mean, he has played well, well against it might the be on, It might be on the bench. Some of his best moments in Phoenix were from oh, the bench no. um yeah, and he started fights there <laughs> yeah, exactly so. uh, yeah uh shane this was also something that you had tweeted about and this has been the big question for the suns the, the chemistry side mm-hmm. of things like have they had enough time to gel has kevin durant had enough reps mm-hmm. with the guys to be ready for a playoff series uh we've been asking the guys about it and they've been saying yeah chemistry is definitely important it would have been better if we had more time together but at the end of the day, when you're talking about a guy like Kevin Durant, who's one of the most plug plug and play players in NBA history, it's a little bit easier to get over that type of thing. How do you view the Suns' chemistry and whether that will be a problem for them? I think I view that's a good point. I think I view that the same way I view playoff experience. So, like, take Sacramento, Golden State. Like, I value playoff experience, but I think you and I talked about this one time, especially when the Suns made their first playoff appearance. I think we did a pod on it. And <laughs> I don't really, I don't really believe that it's like the end all be all. And I say, I view that like chemistry, like could a team that hasn't had enough time to gel together, eventually gel together during a series once, once things are going their way and shots are going down and everyone's happy. And, and, and I feel like, I feel like teams, bond more in those moments so i i could see like as long as the sun's offense is clicking they're making shots like i don't really worry about their chemistry on that end because but just just based off like points per possession like they're going to outscore the clippers for a good stretch of the games it comes down to their defense to me and whether or not they can stifle the Kawhi lineup so chemistry doesn't really i mean chemistry plays a big big factor in defense mm-hmm. and from what i've seen from what you've seen so far, like I, I have a feeling like their defense looks fine. I, I think it looks fine. It looks good to find when it comes to being tied together, mm-hmm. um, not making too many mistakes. Like you don't really see guys um, getting on to one another. You don't really see like uh, the, the same mistake happen twice or three times, whether it's missing a rotation or, or something like, like that in pick and roll coverages. So I'm not too concerned about the chemistry. Like once you get later on in the playoff rounds and you, and you know, if you play like Denver or Golden State, something like that, yeah, those teams have been obviously been together longer. Um, they have more continuity than obviously the discrepancy in chemistry versus a Golden State to a to a Suns team now with KD. Yeah, that might make a difference. But in terms of the Clippers, as you said, like their most used lineup is about the same as the KD <laughs> used lineup since the trade. I'm not worried about it. All right, so I want to 
talk about the playoff bracket that you posted on Twitter today. Oh, <laughs> Listen, I like most of it. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I like most of it. You got the Suns going all the way to the finals, but then losing to the Celtics in the finals. Uh, before we jump into the finals matchup, I just kind of want to peek at the first a uh, few rounds before that. You've got the Suns beating the Nuggets and then the Golden State Warriors before reaching the finals. How do you think the Suns, just kind of on a surface level, match up against those two teams? Why'd you pick them to win it? Man, we might be clowned if they lose the first two games of the Clippers here. We be <laughs> well, listen, on. we'll be right there uh, with you, okay? So you won't be alone. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's pretty well documented how – I feel about Denver's drop coverage defense. I, I don't think they held a candle to the pull-up shooting. Like that, That's what that series hinges on. Like You can throw depth out the window. Neither team is really deep. I think Denver's not really deep at all. Or deep as much as like you know, it's touted as they mm-hmm. are. So um, I, I would just trust the, the decision-making and, and shot-making from Book and Katie there. Against Golden State, it, it, that's a matchup I've really – been thinking about a lot and that's something i didn't want to happen in the first round like i'm still thankful like i, I was saying monty should put five fans out there like he should, put Gerald out, he should put somebody out there to play ball in that last game to to avoid playing golden state in the first round um so that's something that i i think phoenix may i think phoenix is physical enough to combat like you know the the draymond lineups and i, I think they're smart enough to kind of defend those groups but it comes down, do they have, now do they have a point of attack defender um, that can stay with Steph and that's not going to get just roasted, whether it's, you know, um, a, a Kogi or Craig, they're going to really have to fill in the Mikhail Bridges role there. So Mikhail mm-hmm. done a great job on Steph. So um, I, 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 again, I'm kind of just leaning on Phoenix's offense to start clicking at a, at a pretty unguardable degree. It's already like insanely good when it comes to their best lineups, but, I'm kind of thinking it's going to get even better as the rounds go on. Uh, okay, so you get every game except one right. You have them <laughs> losing seven and seven in the finals to the Celtics. And, what what makes you give the Celtics the edge there uh, in, in winning four before the Suns? Yeah. Do? For one, I think it's meaningful. Boston has home court in every series except the East Finals. Mm-hmm. That's that's. I, I was in Boston last year. Uh, my ears are still ringing from <laughs> from the finals uh, and and all the whatever Draymond chance they were yelling uh they could be vicious so uh can you imagine what they're gonna do to KD like you know that's that's gonna be that's gonna be nasty so I don't know man like I, I think Boston's the most complete team from top to bottom and yeah as much as I've gone here and said and we've all said like depth might be a little bit overrated in the playoffs when you have the the type of depth that Boston does where they have so many defenders they could they could probably throw five different guys at Kevin Durant Five different guys at Devin Booker, whether it's their guards, Derek White, Marcus Smart, the two wings, Jalen and Jason. Uh, Horford's not so good on switches anymore, but he's physical. And then Rob Williams. Like I just think Boston, top to bottom, is a better team, the best team. Uh, and I'm I'm a firm believer, and kind of like I was a firm believer last year, that Phoenix, once you taste the finals, mm-hmm. you're going to get back and be even better. I, I still cannot believe that Maverick series. Um, <laughs> like, I, I can't believe it. Like, I'm a firm believer that Boston is going to complete that and get back and and finally taste defeat or finally taste victory there. So yeah, you think you can't believe yeah, that? Imagine. Believe that. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so I I want to 
I want your perspective here on is this a must-win season for the Suns? Because the fan base here seems very torn on it. If it's if it's a must-win, I feel like next year is the must-win. But where do you sit on it? I actually agree. Uh, as much as the um, ridicule uh, and all the social media hate that's going to come from this team losing, especially like if they lose in the conference finals, I think it's fine. Social media won't view it that way. Fans of other fan bases will laugh at them because you added Kevin Durant and you and you and you uh, lost prematurely. But I, I think if you lose before the conference finals, it it's a big letdown. Like if you lose before the conference finals against like a Golden State team, like it's a big letdown. But it's not do or die. Next year is. Um, and what makes me kind of like feel like th- there is a lot of pressure on this year is that look, I love Chris Paul, but he's gotten worse mm. and. I don't know what to do about that next year. Like mm-hmm. that's like a huge question mark is if he's there, because obviously that's non guarantee, but but part of his contract. But if he's there, like is he is he even worse than this year? Is he twenty percent worse than this year? If so, you gotta do something about that, or you're not gonna be able to contend against the highest level of competition, um, in my view. So I, there's a lot of pressure this year, but I'm kind of with USFO, like next year that's that's the one that's like win or bust. Yeah, I would agree. And the Chris Paul thing is definitely an issue that, you know, the questions are going to come up, especially if they fall short in the playoffs this year, depending on how they fall short, of course. But he's what, he's a, what if he, they get hmm? what if they get Kyrie or I mean, <laughs> stop, stop it. You stop it, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> he's in on the joke. I love it. <laughs> Shane, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> Uh, Shane, before we let you go, we wanted to get your series prediction. I think we were we were all on the same page about Suns and Six. I think. Uh, no, I said there? five. You, have, you said five. I'm highly optimistic. I've, I've been four. I've been teetering between. No, we we those words have been yeah, banned. We, in we this have territory. a we have a hard rule. There's no Suns and four allowed. <laughs> Shane, what? Who well, are you picking in this series, and in how many games? I'm gonna go Suns and Six. Uh, okay. Closing out, reminiscent of. Um, 2021, uh, closing out in crypto staples, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think, I think Kawhi wins them a game, uh, a big 40 point performance. I think, uh, Norm Powell just goes bonkers and hits like, I don't know, seven threes and wins them another game at home. So, um, Suns have the better talent. I think, obviously, that, that's not deniable. Uh, I'm kind of expecting, like, the way things are going. I'm expecting PG to try to push for a comeback, but I would expect it to be like game five. That's just, that's just my opinion. That's just how I kind of see it in terms of the days of the series with them not having a break, which I don't, I don't think the Clippers are very happy about the way the schedule would come out with that mm-hmm. series. But uh, I, I think just the talent overload, Suns and Six. Awesome. Right. Shane, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time and your insight. Hopefully we will see you out here in Phoenix here soon. Everybody, if you don't already, make sure you follow Shane on Twitter at YoungNBA. We'll see you next time, Shane. Thank you. Thank you all. All right, guys. That was a great conversation with Shane. Yeah. Appreciate him for coming on. Hopefully we'll be able to have him join us again later on in the playoffs. Before we bring in our next guest, though, I do want to remind you the playoffs are around the corner, and that means – Our watch parties are also around the corner. They will be happening at the BetMGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium. They're presented by Neutral, so that means we're going to have lots of great drinks. They're also going to have amazing food and drink specials out there. We're going to have giveaways. 
And of course, BetMGM will be doing special promos like deposit matches and things of that nature. So join us by grabbing your free tickets in the show notes. And if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for BetMGM as well and use that bonus code PHNX and you'll get $200 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. So here's how it all kind of works. You just download the BetMGM app and you sign up again using that bonus code PHNX. You place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price, and you're going to receive $200 in bonus bets instantly regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure, again, you are using that bonus code PHNX when you sign up. Okay, now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada. 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Oh, hey. Also, (laughs) Shane mentioned it when he was on the show. The weather is warming up here in Phoenix. We all know that. Make sure you get some shady rays to keep your eyes protected all summer long. They have some of the best sunglasses that are backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. They have your back long after you purchase. We love Shady Rays around here. We got some really cool sunglasses. I wish I would have brought them in today, but I left them in my car because obviously that's where you keep your sunglasses, right? <laughs> sure. Also, if you don't love your glasses from Shady Rays, you can exchange it for a new pair or you can return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always, again, has your back. Exclusively for our listeners as well, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I think my wife's going to bankrupt them because I'm buying her a pair, but she loses her sunglasses oh, no. like every every <laughs> five days. So it's going to be, uh, we're going to test that guarantee that they have there yeah. for Well, us. I mean, they're also pretty affordable too. They so are. at least you know you're getting a good deal mm-hmm. for all of the sunglasses yeah. that you're going to have to replace over the summer. <laughs> all right. Our next guest is Luca Khan, a podcaster and blogger covering the LA Clippers for 213 Hoops on the Lob the Jam, the podcast. Lucas, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're, we're anxiously awaiting Sunday. Yes. I'm sure you yeah. are as well. <laughs> um, one of the biggest reasons why we wanted to have you on, Lucas, is because obviously we're homers to an extent, right? We're, we're fans of the Suns. You are a fan of the Clippers. And I think it's really important to get a perspective from both sides to see if maybe we're overlooking something so how do you think these two teams match up you know i would i think it would be a much more interesting matchup if paul george was healthy uh the because at that point the clippers maybe can go two star wings for two star wings and uh, definitely have the defensive options and the length to sort of i don't know if anyone can go up against devin booker and kevin durant you would think it would be paul george and Kawhi leonard Uh, Without Paul George, I think that the Clippers are going to have to get really creative and really scrappy. Um, And I think, you know, it'll be it'll be definitely an uphill challenge for the Clippers. Lucas, we were talking on your podcast actually the other day about the Clippers side of things and who might be getting minutes. We were just asking Shane about this because 
he was saying your guess is as good as ours as far as who will be in the bench rotation. Um, I know you've mentioned Norman Powell as someone who's been very important. He's obviously having a great season. But aside from him, who are you kind of looking at as someone who can get minutes in this series and not be a liability on one end of the floor or the other? Yeah, I mean, I think if, if there's one thing that we learned from Ty Lu during the 2021 Clippers playoff run, it's that he's going to use different guys over the course of the series. So it really wouldn't surprise me to see like a guy like Mason Plumley is probably going to be playing 12, 16, 18 minutes in the first couple of games. If that look isn't working, we might see Marcus Morris playing backup center. We might see Robert Covington playing backup center. So it wouldn't surprise me over the course of the series to see 12 guys play meaningful minutes for this Clippers team. Uh, speaking a little bit to you know the options and depth and versatility that Ty has at his disposal, but also to this Clippers team real inability this season to kind of nail down a top eight and an identity and a core beyond their star players. What do you think is the advantage for the Clippers in this series? We've heard a lot about what the Suns' advantages are, but where do you think the Clippers could make the difference and potentially surprise uh, over these next uh, seven games potentially? Yeah, a couple things that I have my eye on. Uh, the first being – it's no secret Phoenix has four of the best five players in this series. Can Kawhi Leonard be one of the one best player in this series, right? Can he make it so those four Suns guys are two, three, four, and five? Uh, that would go a long way if Kawhi can be the best player on the floor, you know, compared to Devin and, and Kevin Durant, obviously two players in his echelon. And then I think depth, you know, uh, the playoffs, you're going to shorten the rotations. The main guys are going to be playing more minutes. Having a great 11th man never won anyone a playoff series. But with, you know, I think the Suns have some real liabilities when they go to their bench. I think they have guys that on one end of the court or the other, the Clippers can feel really comfortable against. And the Clippers are good at drawing fouls. Mm. Russell Westbrook draws a lot of fouls. Norman Powell will, I mean, infuriate you in this series because he will draw the most bogus whistles against guys. Kawhi Leonard, we know, can draw fouls with his physicality. If the Clippers can get Kevin Durant, you know, off the court, Devin Booker off the court because of foul trouble, I think now you look at longer shifts with those Suns bench guys on the court. And uh, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Clippers win a game in this series just because one or two of those main Sun guys play lower minutes than you would expect because of foul trouble. The foul thing is definitely something we've talked about a lot on this podcast in the past because, as I've mentioned in the past, they're 30th in opponent free throw rate and 28th in free throw rate themselves. So they have the second worst differential in free throws attempted for themselves versus their opponents this season. Um, so that is definitely something to keep an eye on when the game gets more physical and the possessions slow down to a grind. Um, Lucas, I am curious about this because Russell Westbrook is a guy who – even as recently as this season with the Lakers, was maligned for a lot of their troubles. Um, he's been a scapegoat in some situations. Monty has said like he's never seen a former MVP marginalized to this extent. But in L.A. with the Clippers, he's been pretty great so far. What is your sense on what kind of impact he can have on this series and if we're waiting for kind of the other shoe to drop as far as his turnovers or his defense or his perimeter shooting being a problem? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's all a little bit true, right? Like the Lakers stuff was absolutely scapegoating 
you know, the vampire in the locker room stuff. Yeah. Teammates have loved <laughs> Russ everywhere he's been. His Clipper teammates love him. He's also a flawed basketball player at this point in his career. He, uh, especially as pressure dials up in games, something I've noticed just in his 21 games as a Clipper, when things start going poorly for him, his decision-making gets worse. After a turnover, he's more likely to take that bad jumper that he shoots at a low percentage. When he's being heckled, which happens a lot to Russell Westbrook, he's more likely to take threes that uh, when he's at his best, he's being more patient and working the offense. Someone courtside starts saying something to him, he's gonna put up the next shot that he gets. Uh, and so as the pressure ratchets, it up in a, ratchets up in a series, I think, yeah, I have a lot of concern about the other shoe dropping in some areas. At the same time, what he brings in terms of his energy and his physicality and his aggression and his ability to kind of get the offense out of a rut and get downhill and create is something that is needed, especially without Paul George out there. So I think uh, I expect to see both sides of the Russell Westbrook coin in this series. The, the good stuff that probably is much needed without Paul George out there. And then, yeah, I think there are some moments where those weaknesses are going to burn the Clippers. So you guys heard it here first. Heckle Russell Westbrook early <laughs> oh, no. and often. Oh, no, don't do that. Footprint center. Espo, you shush. Honestly, though, like, I as I don't want the Clippers to win, obviously, <laughs> and I don't want Westbrook to completely go off, but I would like to see him have a decent series just from, like, mm. a personal perspective, right, like a player perspective, because I do think he's been unfairly treated this last couple of years and I don't love seeing that because he seems like and everything we've heard from around the league like he's a good dude mm. I'm fine with I mean? it for one more series <laughs> next I mean, year they can I praise suppose, him but gosh I just feel bad <laughs> for the guy I do think it was cool though because we heard from Kevin Durant earlier in the week we heard from Westbrook earlier in the week and both of them were talking about how they're looking forward to playing against each other mm. that's something that'll be Fun to watch just two greats in this game of basketball who haven't played against each other in the playoffs in a hot minute. So um, it'll be it'll be really cool to see those two go toe to toe. Are what are you most excited about with this series? Uh, just you know the Clippers weren't in the playoffs last year. Kawhi Leonard missed that year with his ACL, and going back to 2021 before he tore that ACL uh, prior to our Western Conference Finals series against the Suns, he was so phenomenal against Dallas in the first round and against Utah in the early second round. I think getting a chance to see playoff Kawhi Leonard is going to be really exciting for Clippers fans, especially some Clippers fans who maybe have lost a little bit of faith in this core over the last couple of years. Um, and I think it's good for the league to have, you know, its best players playing and playing well in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know that the Clippers get out of this series, but I think if I think Kawhi Leonard putting on a show uh, is something that I'm really going to enjoy, even if they end up losing it. Is is a loss in this series by the Clippers an indictment of the load management uh, mindset? You know, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know that a loss in this series is. I mean, Paul George is out. Paul George, uh, you know, wasn't being load managed and got injured. And so maybe it wouldn't surprise me to see some people in the organization kind of turn around and say, we should have been more cautious than maybe Paul <laughs> Double <George's> down. <laughs> uh, I think what I will say, though, is that the way that this season has gone overall for the Clippers probably is because their main problem has been a lack of focus and a last, lack of consistency, a lack of identity. Uh, they've definitely seemed to approach the season with the mindset that they can flip the switch when they're ready. And, you know, I think all everything else could play. They could have not load managed at all. They could have done everything right. 
and Paul George hurts his knee with three weeks left in the season, can't play in the playoffs, you lose in the first round. But I think that on the whole, like, would the Clippers have been waiting until the last day of the season to avoid the play-in tournament if their approach from day one of training camp had been different towards how they valued the regular season and winning basketball games and getting quality reps in, uh, I think they would have been in a better position. So I'm not sure that the outcome of this series is what that hinges on. Uh, actually, personally, I'm already there. They could win this series and I would still feel that way. That's fair. Um, my last question was, before we get to predictions was, we talked to Shane about this a little bit in terms of you know, the Kevin Durant Kawhi matchup is the one that's being billed and for obvious reasons, two superstars. But um, who do you picture guarding Devin Booker? And do you think that they should maybe put Kawhi on book and Batum on KD um, just so that they have a better option for book? Because looking at the Clippers defenders, it's tough to see how they match up if Kawhi is taking on that primary assignment with Durant. Yeah, I think that. I'm 100% on uh, Kawhi on Booker. I think mm -hmm. that Booker is probably the the fulcrum of the Suns' offense that you need to stifle most. You know, KD is amazing and and lethally efficient, but he's not going to be the guy running so many pick and rolls, creating those advantages, finding guys. I think Booker is the one that you really need to stifle it, and KD. There's only so much you can do about him. So I'm not sure that the Clippers will start with Kawhi Leonard on Devin Booker, mm. especially because he's, Kawhi's going to need to score 40 points a game for them in this series. <laughs> so I think they'll use some Eric Gordon. I think they may use some Russell Westbrook. Russ has been surprising as a defender, as a Clipper, in terms of his length and athleticism and activity. I think Terrence Mann is going to come off the bench and get looks in that matchup um, in pretty significant minutes. The Clippers use Nicholas Batum all over the court. I wouldn't be surprised to see Batum actually get a lot of minutes against Chris Paul in this series. They like to use him against uh, slower veteran guards because his length closes off passing angles. They use him against Mike Conley in that way as well. But in the fourth quarter, I do think that uh, I would go with Kawhi Leonard on Devin Booker. So what are your what's your prediction for this round? What are you going with? <laughs> So this is this is a chance for Gerald and I to test each other because yeah. my, my <laughs> podcast. I asked him if he was giving me the uh, the diplomatic guest answer or his real opinion. My my answer in all context is going to be Suns in six. I think that the Clippers have Kawhi. They can get really hot shooting the ball. Ty Lue is going to make the Suns win four different games four different ways, which is going to create them with some challenges uh, just in terms of how he's going to mix and match his rotations. But the top-end talent is too much. Uh, if the Clippers can steal a couple of games and Paul George comes back before we expect, maybe we can reassess. But I'm assuming that Paul George doesn't play in this series. And I, then I think actually make, stretching it to six would be a good outcome for the Clippers. Well, thank you so much, Lucas. We really appreciate your time, everyone. Go follow him on Twitter at LucasJHan. That's Han with two N's at the end of it, especially uh, get get your follow in soon so that you can get perspective from the Clippers side of things throughout the series as well. Thanks again, Lucas. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, so Gerald, would you call that a, a Han duo, not a Han solo? Since you got two N's? No. Lord, Just for you. That's terrible. Just for you. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So lots of fun stuff happening in the month of April, obviously. The playoffs and the Suns and the Clippers matchup tips off on Sunday, but you don't have to wait until Sunday for fun to start because Saturday, 
The PHNX Sun Devils crew will be out at Illegal Pete's in Tempe. That'll be happening at 10 a.m. for the pregame ahead of ASU football's spring game. They'll be doing a live show. There's going to be $3 margaritas all day, prizes, giveaways, Ooh, including a state bicycle company $600 bike, you guys. Okay. That's pretty legit. An Illegal Pete's gift card, which we all know we love Illegal Pete's, and some PHNX merch and a membership as well. So this is one you do not want to miss. Again, that's happening at Illegal Pete's this Saturday, 10 a.m. Illegal Pete's, your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. And then, of course, a little later in the month, we've got fun stuff happening on the Cardinals side of things. And the best place to take in the NFL draft on April 27th is, of course, at Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Our PHNX Cardinals crew will be out there also doing a live show and they're going to have a lot of beer specials happening as well. So if you want to take advantage of those beer specials, make sure you register for free in the link in the show notes. We're talking $3 Redbird Lager Pints, $5 Redbird Lager Pitchers, the usual PHNX specials, of course, and the $3 Kilt Lifter and Wow Wee Pints. So lots of fun stuff happening in the month of April, obviously. Uh, for Four Peaks beer, you do have to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. Um, and then the most important one, don't forget, is my birthday next week, <laughs> April 20th. Like, that's the most important one. Like, don't I you love, guys forget it. I love that you were born on 420. <laughs> we talked about this last year, but you even going to be here for your birthday? I can't I'm even know. So oh, we're not going to no. celebrate it without you yeah, here. Sorry about that. I'm going to skip town for my birthday for a little bit. But Espo and Saul and Gerald will hold it down for you guys. But Unreal. just wanted to make sure you guys remembered to pencil that one in your calendars. Sure. Well. Thank you for the reminder. You're absolutely yeah. welcome. So welcome. All I, right. I don't think we're too worried about it. No offense. <laughs> well, Lindsay, wait. Is is it a birthday week or a birthday? What, um, kind, of, what kind of girl are you? Are you a birthday or a birthday, birthday month. week? I oh, mean, yeah. Because there are those. I know, but they're so rare. <laughs> if it was a birthday month, we would have heard about it two weeks ago. That's this fair. This is true. Uh, I am fair. giving you a heads up yeah. the week before, so yeah. I guess I would say I'm probably more of a birthday week okay. kind of person. Okay. okay. Darn, you're gone see. that whole I week. I know. So, what a bummer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> So a lot of great stuff from Shane and Lucas. What yes. what kind of standing out to you guys from those conversations? A lot more perspective on what the potential matchups are going to be and also confirming something that I was wondering about. I thought might be the case, but like, are we going to see different guys in the game from the Clippers on a game to game basis? I think the answer is probably going to be yes, because mm -hmm. I think they probably will try to go big at first with Plumlee and maybe that doesn't work. So they go small. I think we will probably see Covington come in at like game two or three and be a small ball five. I think we'll see Bones Highland get thrown out there until he gets wrecked defensively and then they might switch it up that way. So my one of my biggest question marks and also maybe concerns about this series was Lou has an abundance of options to choose from, kind of like the Suns do. Will he be able to pick the string, pull the strings correctly and make life difficult with those adjustments? And will Monty be able to respond to those things so that's something to keep an eye on yeah i always wonder like sometimes in in this current climate in this world you can kind of live in an echo chamber mm -hmm. you hear a lot of the same things mm -hmm. uh, from a lot of the same people so i was wondering are we being overconfident mm -hmm. in, in the way we're approaching this series and what we think but hearing not only a national perspective but a clippers perspective and everybody seemingly saying sons and six seems to be what makes sense here, that made me feel a lot better. And then there's that little voice in my head that goes, yeah, but could everybody be wrong? <laughs> which I don't think we, so, but at least it feels better that they're agreeing with us. 
We learned last year that nothing is guaranteed. I thought yeah. the Suns were going to breeze their way to a championship because they were just so much better than everybody. And second round, we got hit with a painful dose of reality. So mm-hmm. can't take anything for granted. I still think it'll be Suns in five or six, depending on how quickly they coalesce. But, you know, we'll see. I can, I, there's one other thing yeah. I, I, I learned, too. And it, it's a simple thing here, but Kendrick Perkins doesn't know shit <laughs> is what I learned. I'm sorry, Lindsay. Oh, no. Um, uh, I, now I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm a jackass. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> doggone it, Espo. Look at what you did. Yep, now I can't remember. It'll come to it's me gone. in a minute. It literally <laughs> just went away. It just disappeared, evaporated entirely. Um, I'll come back to that one. But the chemistry thing, obviously, we asked Shane about that. And he kind of shared here and then also on Twitter that he thinks it's maybe a little bit overblown. Mm. Gerald, I know at practice today, the guys talked a lot about that because it is a topic of conversation and questions are going to be asked about it. What um, kind of things really stood out to you from them? Yeah, I, I think they are all acknowledging that like chemistry is important, but it's not the end all be all and it's not something that they're deterred or they're worried about just because Kevin Durant is so easy to incorporate into this system um and they they seem like they're pretty confident in that um here's what landry shamit had to say when we asked him about that chemistry is important but honestly with a guy like him uh, it's really not uh, not super difficult he plays the right way uh, you're plugging him into a system with chris and both who have been here Chris is going to drive the car and make sure we're going in the right direction. And Kevin's going to make plays. Uh, so, you know, it's, you know, we have the right pieces around him where he's just a very just a guy you can insert into our offense and, you know, we'll, we'll figure each other out on the go. So, it's a real, it's a real element, but he's, he's easy to play with. He plays the right way. Uh, Willie Passer, obviously, we don't got to talk about the offense he produces. So. I think chemistry can be overblown and is in this case. It's bad chemistry that mm-hmm. that is a problem. I, there's no, I don't think there's any chance that you have bad chemistry with this group. There there'll be some learning lessons along the way, but it's when what we saw in in Dallas. Yeah, bad chemistry mm-hmm. is a problem. This kind of chemistry is just yeah, little things will be tinkered. And that's the thing is like last year you look at the Dallas series and, and that was a very different team than what we saw all regular season, that Suns team. It didn't look like them at all. And, and it was strange because they had been in positions of adversity the year before, all throughout the regular season, back to back, guys being in and out. And they had rose to meet the occasion in this playoff series. They had all the pressure in the world on them as the 64 win team. And I think it was something Mikhail even admitted to in that game seven when Dallas got off to a good start and hit their first two or three shots. The the vibe in the building, the energy in the building was like, whoa, this is, we can't lose this game. Like, there's no way we can lose this game. And I think it got to them this time around. You know, they're a 45 win team or whatever it is, or the four seed. Everyone's looking at them like, okay, do they have enough time together though? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that could be an advantage. And to be to their credit, they haven't had a hard time incorporating Durant when he's been out there. Right. Uh, yeah, which they've is been so, all right. They've been okay. They've been good. <laughs> they haven't. They haven't played anybody great, but they've been very good, and it looks like something that can carry over. And, and this is what Monty had to say about the way that KD has been just such a seamless fit. I think the willingness to understand what we do, um, 
and implement it without losing who he is as a player. I think it helps him. Um, and I, I think I think those guys understand that when they don't have to bring the ball up and dribble the whole game, they're fresher. Um, and so Chris and Book have had the ball a lot more, and Kevin's been in spot-up mode. And I think that's helped him. I mean, the easy answer is he's just a really good basketball player. <laughs> he's one of the best ones um, I've ever been around. So those guys, and he's smart. And so they figure out ways to uh, fit in on both ends of the floor. But I think for the most part, they probably talk a lot. Um, all of them do in their group chats and all the other things that they do. But if you look at Kevin's history, like everywhere he goes, he does that. So it's, it's nothing new for him. So the group chats, like obviously having that communication off the court, even when Kevin Durant wasn't playing, I think that's helpful. I think the fact that KD has played with campaign with Landry Shamit, with book on the U team USA, like all of these different connections he's had throughout his career helps. And then as money jokes, like he's just a really damn good player. <laughs> so that helps things as well. Um, but it does take something for a superstar to be willing to adapt to a new system and mm -hmm. to just do what he does, but also do what the team needs him to do. Um, that's That's been a huge part of it, and that's why I'm not concerned. I think the defensive side of the ball, maybe there'll be some learning curves there as you learn on the fly, but that's kind of why I look at this series like if it does go to six games instead of five, I think that extra game could be beneficial just so you get some extra reps in against an opponent that you will probably beat before you see teams you know, like the Nuggets or the Warriors or whoever you're going to see the rest of the way. Yeah, I we have a group chat. <laughs> we do. I, I do not believe that that in any way helps <laughs> chemistry or helps anything other than to give you massive amounts of notifications. <laughs> well, well, he said they also talk, just talk, talk. Not but just I, I want to know chat. what the group chat is. Is it basketball group chat? Like, is it a work group chat or is it like memes? Because memes. if it's memes and videos and things of that nature... Then yeah, like you're getting to know each other's like humor and hold on. So ours like would that. be better if we just put memes and Gerald's head would, would explode not. if it we would just not put be memes. better for me. I'm just saying, my favorite group chats are the ones that have no like no work, no relevance to anything in life. It's just all funny things. Yeah, like those are the best group chats. No? It's Gerald's nightmare. It is Gerald's I, nightmare. I enjoy those group chats, but uh, the work group chat. Maybe not so much with that's the what, memes. That's what I'm the, saying, though. Like, yeah, the yeah. notifications yeah. for a funny video are way better than the notifications for a job thing. No, that's fair. That's so fair. I'm just curious what their group chat's like. Maybe you should follow up on that tomorrow. I'll go ahead and the, get the, the details. What do you think the group chat is called? Ooh, their group chat name. I what do you it's, think it's called? I think it's called, like, ours, the dickheads, <laughs> in honor of Jock. <laughs> I oh can see God. Jock starting the group chat and naming it that. Uh, uh, I don't know. Do you think Jock starts the group chat? Or no, does Jock not at get all. invited to the group he chat? Gets he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would start the group no. chat. If if book starts it, it's titled Phoenix Suns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean maybe. No, not even that. I feel like Book would just put Suns. Suns. Yeah, just or just Suns. Phoenix. Or just, just like Suns the abbreviation for Phoenix. Te no, just teammates. Teammates. Or like oh. the squad or something like that. <laughs> fellas. Yeah, the fellas. That's fellas. what it is. That's all it says. It's God, the fellas. Why did it take it's us so fellas. long to It's come the fellas. Up it's got to be the fellas. <laughs> Speaking of book, you know he's a huge fan favorite here in the Valley. And, of course, him teaming up with Kevin Durant was probably – 
a really exciting time for him. Whether mm -hmm. or not he'll admit it in so many words mm -hmm. um, remains to be seen. But I do know, and you talked to Book today at practice as well, that he is not taking this for granted. And he is still continuing to learn from everyone around him. And now that includes Kevin Durant as well. For me, it's just learning. You know, still a student of the game and you know, understand that's one of, if not the best scorer to you know, ever play this game. So watching every step that he takes very closely. And you know, I've always watched this game that way, but from a distance, and, you know, now the chance to get it live now right in front of you is even better. Yeah, he was, he was saying he, because he was, Kellen asked him, like, is it kind of weird having this guy on your side? And he was saying, like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I think he's he's got a lot of respect for Kevin Durant. And, you know, he was asked about his favorite playoff moments. And he named, like, three different ones. He's like, the finals MVP or like this or this. So it's one of those situations where he's trying to absorb as much as he can. And we've seen Book do that throughout his career from when he was a rookie and when they brought in, you know, Tyson Chandler and all these vets for him to learn from. Um, and now he's getting to do it with one of the greatest, if not the greatest scorer of all time. So I, I think he's very excited about what's coming. Um, you know, he was admitting that la what happened last year has been a motivator, but also the year before, like anytime the season ends in failure, you're already moving on to the next one. And now he gets to do it with Kevin freaking Durant. So that's, that's going to be really cool for him. And it's cool to see him taking in these learning experiences for himself. We, we talked about this a little, a little bit jokingly yesterday on the Valley Voices episode, but the fact that Book gets to be the second guy now, like mm -hmm. what that's going to do for him in this playoffs, I think is going to be unbelievable because as John in the chat says, Katie takes the pressure off Book. And, and I think you can almost feel that in, in listening to him talk. It's like there's almost – as much as book can get an excitement <laughs> about this, you know, yeah. and, and I, I think he's as much uh, interested and intrigued by what this could be as the rest of us are. I think this just speaks to who book is as a person and as a basketball player, because Gerald, you had mentioned like the vets that the Suns brought in to help like guide him along and teach him some things like Tyson Chandler or, you know, PJ Tucker was one of those guys early on in books career as well. And book, never looked at them like, well, you're not a superstar, so I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. He took everything like and absorbed everything he could from those guys and continued to get better throughout his career, which we've been lucky enough to watch firsthand. But then you put a superstar in front of him like Kevin Durant. Like you can only imagine what knowledge and information Book's going to take from him. Yeah. You know, so it's just cool to see that just the development of Devin throughout the years and how much he really puts into getting better at this game. Yeah, he's always been a sponge, and that's something that kind of, I think, attracts other guys to Phoenix. The fact that he's such an established talent and, and really good and puts in the work and, as Book says, is just a hooper. That was one of the biggest reasons he gave for why he's not worried about the chemistry thing. We're all just hoopers here. Um, but you look at the way that Chris Paul have has come here, and he's learned so much from him. Uh, Kevin Durant and like you were saying Lindsay everyone that's come before even if they're not you know all-time great Hall of Fame players he's learned a lot from them picked up things from them that he's added to his arsenal um, and that's something that even Kevin Durant was saying yesterday that he has done because um, he was asked about the whole Charles Barkley beef and he was saying I would never take away from anything he brought to the game because we I think we are on the same page as people who have walked this journey in the NBA as hoopers um, and he, you know, he did the the fake 
superstar quote <laughs> to kind of diss Charles a little bit, but um, Kevin Durant has always looked to the greats to emulate his game after, and that's something Booker does as well. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. All right. Well, uh, one last time, we want to say thank you to Shane and Lucas for joining us on today's show. If you guys, Espo mentioned the Valley Voices episode yesterday where we also had in some really great guests. If you guys missed that one, definitely recommend you go back and check that one out as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. Also, just one last thing. If you're preparing for playoffs, the best thing that you need is a comfortable seat, couch, or recliner, whatever it is, to sit on to watch all of these games. And one that maybe is like easy to get up and, and out of, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of points in time and throughout How the, old do you the game think and the viewers seat. are. Listen, Espo, we all have trouble getting up out of chairs sometimes if you've been sitting for a while and your foot goes... For me, I sit on my feet, so my foot goes numb. <laughs> I couldn't sit tingles. on my feet if I wanted to. It just to. happens. I don't know. But anyway, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, more furniture. They hooked us up here at PHNX. We love the furniture that we got from them. And if you guys are looking for new furniture for your home or your office or any room, really, you can save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Also, we did get a super chat from Devin. Said their group chat is 100% called mid-range memes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, <mid-range> memes. <laughs> I think it'd be funnier if they pronounced it mid-range memes. Like that memes. would be funny. Mid-range memes if they pronounced it like that. Again, how just old do you think the Phoenix Suns are? Just before bedtime, get your mid-range memes. In. I think it would just be really funny. It would make me laugh. That's all. Okay. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll have another show for you at 3 p.m. Until then, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore suns. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald. I'm going to skip you, Espo, at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Mark it down. Devin Booker, 40 points a game this series he's going to average. Let's get ready. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs>